Well, hello there. It is good to see you again, and welcome back to the latest installment of Advance Your Wealth with Homer Smith. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. It's great to see you. Great to be back with you all this morning. Uh, in just a moment, of course, we'll be bringing on Homer, private wealth advisor over at Convergent Wealth Partners. We're going to be diving into another wealth management discussion today, a little nuanced conversation today. And boy, do we have a good one in store for you today. But again, as people begin to you know funnel in here on the live stream, one of the benefits of us doing it live here on the Convergent Wealth Partners Facebook is for you to you know leave, chime in with a comment, should you like. So feel free to ask a comment or a question throughout the course of today's show you know homer and i'll be keeping an eye on that and we can address any of those uh but particularly we want to call attention to our guest that's joining today's show and that is mr chris smith the founder of the campfire effect uh, i'll save the introduction for homer to share a little bit about what chris does and the unique work he does with entrepreneurs and business owners these days uh but first and foremost let's go ahead and bring homer out and get into it homer it's good to see you this morning how you doing sir hey ryan good to see you as always my friend yeah, always good to be together. We've got a good one. I know uh, you and I have have chatted about some of the things that Chris has worked on and with his team over at Campfire Effect. I know you know you have a personal relationship with Chris as well. And then I'm sure you know we'll be hearing some of the great things that Chris is doing uh, with other business owners and you know just like you uh, out there. So Homer, without further ado, I'll toss it over to you. Enjoy. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, really excited to have uh, Chris Smith join us today. Um, as I have gotten to know Chris over the last couple of years, uh, one of the things that he mentioned that really hit home with me um, and saw the impact this could have on my clients and, and all of you is when he made a comment around, um, do you ever feel like you're the best kept secret in, in your industry, your local town, your, your region, um, and that the things that you're doing are actually special um, and different and that um, if a client didn't work with you, um, would they be getting the same level of service? And as he kept asking all these questions, um, it really hit home that, gosh, you know, I think there's really something to the work that Chris is doing. And, and as we started to work with him and see the work that he's doing with others, um, I just thought it was the perfect time to, to bring this message to all of you. And, and so I think there's, especially with everything going on, you know, uh, socially, politically, economically right now, there's never been a more important time uh, to really have your business stand out from the crowd. So with that, Chris, really excited to have you um, on the show today. Yeah, likewise, I'm stoked to be here. I uh, I love the work you do, and uh, I'm excited to have the chance to you know start working with you and your team. And yeah, grateful to be on the show today. All right, well, thanks. Well, uh, this topic's pretty wide, so before we dive in and, and talk about uh, how you stand out, the idea of preeminence, all of that, maybe just share a little bit uh, about your background and, and how did you get in into the work that you do at Campfire Campfire Effect? Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. I was a uh, I'm a fifth generation Arizona native, which only thing that means if you don't know anything about Arizona is my family was one of the first families here. So like early pioneer settlers. And so I was raised in a ranching rodeo family and I grew up around, you know, these cowboys and cowboy storytellers. And, uh, and this idea of your brand kind of really meant something to our family. It was more than just the mark that you put on, you know, your product. It really represented kind of what you stood for in, in your community um, what you stood for in, in your faith, in your business. And so that idea of your brand being something that you really stand for was kind of interesting to me. I also grew up around a lot of cowboy storytellers. So the idea of, you know, loving to tell stories came natural to me. In fact, in sixth grade at the year in school assembly, Homer, when, you know, they're handing out awards for, all, you know, all the great things you've accomplished in sixth grade, I got the award for least likely to be found in my seat. Uh, <laughs> because I was always up telling stories. I was always up talking to people. And so I just think I'd been fascinated with the idea of a brand 
and story, but at a deeper level than just logo, tagline, elevator pitch, like really around your identity. And so when I kind of went to my first like career, I went into sales, but I, I think I sold in a very different way. I sold through this idea of purpose and identity and story and message and really fell in love with it. And, uh, and finally I got to the point where I was like, man, I think instead of being the head of business development for all these different companies, I think I want to go teach some of what I've learned. Um, so I just kind of took a chance several years ago and said, I think I have something I could share with the world. And yeah, I've been reflect, you know, refining that process ever since. Great. And when we've spoken, um, in the last year or two, um, the idea different words have come out, distinction, preeminence, and being that preeminent, um, business in your community. What is, what does that mean, uh, to be yeah. preeminent? Why, and why, why does it matter? Well, first, I think I'll start with what you said, Homer. I think one of the most frustrating things for any entrepreneur, any business owner, no matter what business you're in, is when you know that you are, are a lot better than how you're currently being perceived. Or when you know that you are so much better at what you do than how you go out and talk about it in the world. That's really frustrating because it creates kind of this gap. It's like, this is how good we actually are, but this is kind of how we talk about it. And this is kind of how people know us and we... And, and and you feel like you're the best kept secret. You feel like you're this hidden talent when you know that really you should be number one and not because it's about you. You know that you should be number one because of the difference you make for other people. And so my mission became to work with those types of businesses, the type of business where it's like, we know that we're really good at what we do. We know that we make a profound difference for people. We know that we're the best. So let's stand out. Let's, let's, let's have people know that we're the best. And so that became this kind of driving you know, mission of how do we help, how do we help you become the preeminent brand of choice in your marketer community? And the, the definition of the word preeminent is that you have surpassed all others and you're very distinguished in some way. And, and there's competition, but really they kind of don't exist because you stand out before everyone else. And that's actually the, the word preeminent comes from a Latin word, preeminere. Pre means before and eminere means to stand out. So when you are preeminent, you just stand out before everyone else. And the reason I believe that matters so much is because if you're the best at what you do in your, in your given, you know, industry, well, then you owe it to the people that you could serve to let them know, because if they don't work with you, then they're not getting the best. And so that's this, this switch I think that happens for a lot of people when they realize like, wow, if people don't work with us, there's probably a really high likelihood they're going to go work with one of our competitors that will not take as good of care of them and serve them like we would. So we really kind of owe it to people to go out there and let them know how good we are because we're saving them. You know, we're rescuing them from oftentimes a bad experience or, you know, like something that could impact their family negatively for generations. So I think it's really important when you're good um, for the right reasons that you really stand out um, and that you let the world know. And so, you know, most business owners, I've, I've been working with businesses for 20 years, you know, very busy, heads down, day-to-day, -day, all the day-to-day -day stuff that's hitting them constantly, running multiple parts of the business. You know, uh, I, I clearly, I think everyone would, would uh, agree that being the preeminent uh, business in their industry, their region, their local area is important. Um, why, why should they be spending time on this? What, what is it that changes when they actually take the time and really focus on a cohesive message across the organization. Yeah. Well, and I think first it might be useful Homer to talk about sometimes why we don't, even yeah. though we want to, like you said, that we're so busy 
heads down. We're always looking into the future of like what's next, right? What's coming? What do we, how do we need to pivot? How do we need to innovate? How do we continue to grow? And one of my favorite quotes is by Steve Jobs. He said, you never connect the dots looking forward. You always connect the dots looking backward. Like all the answers are in the past, but how often do we as busy entrepreneurs and, and business owners, how often do we actually pause and reflect long enough to really think about, yeah, who are we? Yeah. Like, what do we want to be known for? Like, what does make us unique? But when you start to do that, to your point, that the, your question, it starts to create this intentionality in your organization that just hasn't maybe existed or not to the level that it could, where, you know, it's, it's really easy to operate kind of by default instead of by design. And it's easy to kind of let the opportunities just be the overwhelm. It's kind of the tail that wags the dog, like what's the next opportunity. And, and so I think part of the, the goal is to not operate by, def by default, but operate by design and also not to operate by opportunity, but to operate by alignment. Right. Yep. And it just creates this level of intentionality and it starts to unlock what we, what we refer to as a culture of leadership in your organization. And that's something we talk a lot about is, you know, how do you go from being, name the industry, right? How do you go from being, instead of being a financial advisor, how do you start being perceived as being a leader? Or instead of being a manufacturer, how do you be perceived as a leader? Or instead of being, you know, a dentist, how do you be a leader? And there's a distinction between those. But as long as we're just kind of in the rat race of just onto the next opportunity, then we miss this chance to kind of rise above what it is we do, right? Which is our industry and really start to be like, no, we're, we're going to be like the leader in our industry and create this culture of leadership and intentionality in our organization and start to make decisions more from a place of alignment than from just what's the next opportunity in front of us. And a lot of the businesses I work with are, they're thinking about the next stage of their life, this big transition that might be coming, a sale of the business, a transition to the management team. And usually when you talk to other business consultants, the focus is all on the financials. Are your financials really good? Um, are they consistent? Um, is your management team really good? Are you the business owner, not the, the business itself? And so right. that's a lot of the focus as they're preparing to go to market is all on the financials and the management team. Um, how does the work that you do and this idea of branding leadership, how does it differ maybe, or how does it fit in across all of that work yeah. all connected? Yeah, it's a great question because I think one of the challenges every business owner faces is while they're in it, it's like, how do I, how do I create growth and scale beyond just me? Yep. Right. Because most business owners you ask them, it's like, oh yeah, we'll continue to grow and scale as long as I'm there driving all of it, pushing, and, and I bear almost all of the weight and the burden on my shoulders of growth and scale. And I've got some, you know, amazing people around me to support me. It's a magical thing though, when a business owner can start to offload some of the growth and the scale to their team where the business can grow right beyond them. And sometimes we feel like as business owners, those two things have to be at odds with each other. It's like, well, I can either have more personal freedom and less growth, or I can have more growth and less personal freedom. And it's like, well, what if you could do both? What if you could actually continue to grow and scale the business while growing your freedom? And that obviously creates a more sellable business that's more valuable, right? And, yep. and because it, it's, it's transition ready at any point. And the key is, is really the first step of our process, which is called uncover your identity. And the thing that we found is, it, it, you know, that's allowed us to help so many business owners start to unlock a level of scale and success and growth beyond them while they're growing the business. And then 
helping in the transition of, or a sale is you have to create an identity that's bigger than you. And one of the things that I've learned the hard way in my own business and seen with other businesses is you'll, it's really tough to grow a business beyond its identity. So if the identity of the business is the business owner in some sense, and I'm not just talking about the name, right? But everything's been built around like that business owner and their capabilities. It's really tough to grow up beyond that. And so that's why we start before we even dive into messaging, before we even dive into sales or, or differentiation, the very first thing we start with is your identity. It's like, who are you? And how do we create an identity that's bigger than you that everyone in the organization can connect with and align with? Because that unlocks this, this, this uh, sustainability where the business can sustainably grow beyond you. And it's, it's not easy, right? But it is absolutely possible. But I think most business owners either don't, like that scares them, the thought of like how much work that's gonna take, or they're just so focused on, again, the next opportunity and keeping up with the growth that they never pause to actually think about that until it becomes a real issue, until they go to sell it and they realize, man, my business isn't as saleable as I thought I, I, it was because the whole identity in the business really is me. Yeah. Um, or something happens to them from a health perspective and it, it's a rude awakening. And so, yeah, you have to start thinking about creating an identity of what your firm is going to be known for and what your business is going to be known for and who you are beyond just you. Yeah. Great segue. So the next question I was going to ask is, you know, a lot of people and business owners think they've got a good brand, a good message. And until you start asking them some questions. And so, you know, and, and I went through the same process as I was uh, learning about your work. So what are if you asked a business owner a couple of questions that you would know pretty quickly whether they really have this message as powerful as they want it to yeah. be. Well, yeah, the very first question we ask every business owner, and it's a really interesting question to ponder, and it's a really confronting question. It's meant to be, because I, we, we, we believe in this philosophy that you cannot change what you're not willing to confront. Yep. So, but if we confront this, right? And that, that question is, what do we want to be known for? That's a big question, right? And the thing I would encourage you when you think about answering that is don't answer it with what everyone else, how everyone else would answer it. So I've asked a lot of financial advisors and wealth managers that question, what do you want to be known for? And they'll say things like great customer service or comprehensive wealth management or holistic financial planning. It's like, no, like, what do you want to be known for that actually matters? Because that's not an identity that's, that, that's bigger than you, right? Yeah. And the, and the risk in that is you want to create something around an identity of what you want to be known for that isn't a commodity that can't be commoditized. So if I say anything like, well, what we're known for is great service or what we're known for is our technology or what we're known for is our innovation. It's like, well, yeah, but that's easily commoditized. That has you sound like everyone else. So I give an example. We worked with a medical imaging technology company one time and I asked them, you know, this question, like we ask all of our clients, you know, what do you want to be known for? And they said, well, what we're known for is we're known for delivering the best medical imaging technology in the world inside hospitals every day across America. And I was like, okay, that's, that's interesting, right? But is that really a differentiator? Like, is there other people in your industry competitors that could argue whether they do or not, that they also deliver the best medical imaging technology? And we, we pushed and pushed and pushed. And finally, what we landed on was they're like, well, it's actually bigger than just delivering the best medical imaging technology in the world. It's it's the fact that we actually create life-saving possibilities every day inside hospitals across America. Mm. And I was like, yeah, now that's something that would be worth saying. So now every one of their reps, right? Every, every time they go into the very first thing they say is, yeah, what we're known for more than anything is, you know, creating life-saving possibilities in hospitals every day across America. That's pretty powerful. So it's like, yeah, it's like something that actually matters, right? That people would actually want to get out of bed for in the morning and be like, 
Like I'm part of that. Right. Yeah. So that's one of the questions we ask is, you know, what do you, what do you want to be known for? The second question we ask is what is the true outcome of your work? Cause I think sometimes the danger homers, when you've been doing something for a really long time, you just kind of, you can only, you can't read the label from inside the bottle. Like you're so in the bottle, you can't even see what it says on the outside of the label anymore. And sometimes we really discredit our work. Like a cosmetic dentist we worked with one time, we were asking what's the true outcome of your work, right? The true outcome, not what you think you do, but the outcome that gets created from what you do. Yep. And he was like, well, like the, the true outcome of my work is people have these really, you know, the, the most beautiful smile they'll ever have. And I'm like, yeah. How many other cosmetic dentists are going to say that though? Like, no, seriously, what is the true outcome? You know, and, and sometimes again, we have to dig for hours on these questions. And what we eventually landed on is he was like, you know what? I think the true outcome is people have confidence to go do things that they've always dreamed of doing, but otherwise would never have done because they were self-conscious of their smile. Yeah. That's the outcome of our work. And I was like, again, that's worth, you know, so, and, and by the way, he's, run with that and become one of the most successful cosmetic dentists, not just because of that, but that's been a huge, like created a lot of momentum for him, his team. It's all over in their marketing. It's everywhere you go. He is known now as like, you know, the confident doctor, like the confident dentist. Like if you want to build your confidence and I think one of his, one of his messaging statements we helped him create is creating beautiful smiles is what I do. Building people's confidence is who I am. Yeah. Right. So along that line. So, you know, if you're a manufacturer, you, know, you make parts, you, you, you have a machine shop, you know, it's, right. well, we, how, how do it, it doesn't seem like it fits. Yeah. Does this work yeah. for every, every business or is this yeah, service-based business? Yep. What's, what's, how does this work? No, it's great. And, and what I love about that Homer is again, it's like, we're trying to help you reshape and rethink your identity. Cause look, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. If you're a dentist, it's really tempting to go, ah, I just, I just, I just fixed teeth. If you're a financial advisor, it's like, ah, I just, I just help people do the financial planning. If you're a manufacturer, it's like, ah, I just, you know, I just, you know, make parts or, you know, we even do this as human beings. I can't tell you the number of, you know, women I've heard over the years, be like, oh, I'm just a mom. Mm -hmm. It's like, just, a, <laughs> you're just the most important like role on the face of the planet, in my opinion. Right. It's like, but I think it's, that's, that's what happens to us is we, we really devalue our identity. We devalue the impact of our work. And so let's say you're a manufacturer of a part that allows cars to be safer on the road. The responsibility and the challenge you have as a business owner, in my opinion, is you have to be the one who can see beyond the metal and the parts and the tools and the machines and the dirt and rise above that to be like, no, this work we do really matters. Right. And although on a day-to-day -day basis, it kind of doesn't seem like it does, what we're really doing is we're around, we're allowing families, we're allowing individuals to get home safely to their family every single night. It's like, oh, wow. Like yeah. that's what we're known for. And it goes so far beyond the part, right? It goes so far beyond the machine. And I think that's the thing that I'm challenging business owners with all the time, Homer, in this first piece, the identity, which to me is the most important part. Because if we don't nail the identity, yep. then to me, all the messaging and the branding and the sales, it's just like trying to put lipstick on the pig. You know, we're just trying to dress this thing up that isn't at the end of the day all that inspiring. But I'm trying to help people see that like what you do is so much bigger than you think it is. It's so much more profound than you think it is. And it's so much 
more than just. So that's a phrase we use a lot. Like, look, this is so much more than just financial planning. Look, this is so much more than just teeth. Look, this is so much more than just manufacturing parts. This is so much more than just, you know, cleaning homes. This is so much more than just, you know. So, so a lot of us tend to think that over the years that what we do, the tactical what we do, it's just kind of like, eh, it's just what we do. Yeah. But again, it's it, it takes some real work, and it's, it's it, but you can do it. Um, and and just ask yourself, like any one of those scenarios, like using the manufacturer, if I was going to inspire a team, right, to really get behind what we're up to, so that I could unlock a level of growth and scale beyond me, right, and have a sellable business, am I more likely to do that by helping them see that, yeah, what we do is manufacture parts, or am I more likely to be able to do that by helping them see that? you know, what we're really known for and the true outcome of our work is we allow individuals to get home safely to their families every single night. Yeah, it's a huge difference. And I think it, it kind of goes into the next question I was going to ask, which is, you know, a lot of the stories you've been talking about is, you know, business owner, you help them think through this, speak to what they're known for, what they want to be known for. From talking with you and the work that we're doing, it's, it's clear to me that really this is a message that has to go across the entire organization. And so, how does that work? It's, it's not, this doesn't just sit at the sea level. This yeah. Is, this is work that must be done across everybody. Right. Well, and that's why we talk so much about leadership Homer in this, you know, which, which actually kind of surprises people. Sometimes they're like, I, I hired you to help me with my identity and my brand and my message. Like, why are we talking so much about leadership? And it's like, because that is what makes this sustainable. That is what takes us from potentially being just a cool saying or a tagline. And it can like transform the identity of your culture and the individuals in it. And so it's, again, it's like, no, we're not just a manufacturer manufacturing parts. We're leaders who are providing leadership to this industry, right? I'm not just a dentist who's fixing teeth. I'm a leader who's providing leadership to people who want to grow their confidence, right? I'm not just a financial advisor giving advice. I'm a leader providing leadership to families, right? So it's like, you start to think about this idea of leadership that we don't just create this, what we're known for and these cool sta statements for the, for, for our, for the public. Yep. We put as much energy and focus and intention also into driving them internally to where do we really believe this? And are we living what we teach? And so there's three really simple definitions that we teach around leadership. The first definition of leadership is your ability to enroll people. I'll say this, your ability to enroll your people. That could be your team. It could be your family, right? Your, your coworkers, but your ability to enroll your people into a bigger vision of what's possible. Right. So like, just like that dentist, when he stumbled on, like, whoa, what we're up to is confidence. That was great. And it was a profound realization for him. Now though, it's like, can I enroll my team into that vision? Can I help them see that this is so much more than just teeth? Right. And that's what great leaders do. Great leaders have an ability to take us from, from our current vision being this, and they can help us see this. And we're like, whoa, I didn't even know that was possible. Right. And, and, and probably everyone can think of someone, a coach, a parent, a mentor, a spouse, a coworker, who at one time in your life helped you see that more was possible than what you could see. Okay. So that's the first part. That's one of the greatest gifts you can give someone or one of the greatest gifts you can be given because left on my own, I can only see what I think is possible. I can't see what's truly possible. Right. And then once, once we've helped someone see what's possible in a perfect world, they would just magically go after it just because we helped them see it, but they don't always do that. So then the second definition of leadership is you're willing to challenge your people more than they've ever been challenged while supporting them more than they've ever felt supported. So it's both. It's like, I'm going to challenge you not to be challenging, but because I believe in you, because I'm committed to you, right? Because I see your potential. 
and I'm going to support you with anything you need, right? To make it happen. And then the third definition of leadership, and maybe the most important is, is, is your commitment to being the demonstration of what you teach. So like, are you really going to live it? And not, you're not going to be perfect at it, but your people should really see you trying to live it. So we take this identity, right? That we're talking about around, let's just use the dentist example, right? Or even the medical imaging technology, right? Like we create life-saving possibilities. It's like, whoa. And that's what it was for the leaders when we, when we developed that, the core leadership team. And it's like, okay, now we have to help our people see this. They have to see that this is really what we're doing. Forget the, the technology. This is what we're really doing. Right. And then we've got to challenge them and support them and showing up that way. Right. So if I'm ever like, let's say I'm, I'm the head of sales and I've got a sales team out there. If I ever think that my sales team isn't showing up with that kind of energy and that kind of like commitment around our identity, if I think that our sales team is showing up just to sell medical imaging equipment, you know, I've got to challenge them and support them and like selling in a different way. And then I have to live it myself. So I would actually say that it'd be a real, it'd be really unfortunate. And this is what I see a lot of companies happen, Homer. They spend tens of thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars to rethink their brand and their identity and their branding and their messaging and logos and colors and all this. And then very little thought is given around like driving it internally yeah to transform the culture as well so that's a great segue to i'm a business owner and you know i I look at our financials bottom line you know this all sounds great i want to be the you know preeminent advisor with my clients in, in the market space that we live in so from some of the success stories that you've seen over the years and the clients you know that you've worked with how do you pin down an ROI on the work that you do? It's got to be a little challenging because it's not like, you know, I invested in this software technology. It led to the X increase in productivity. How do your, how do your business owners see the ROI and, and what have you, what have been some of the success stories around that? Yeah, it's a great question. So it, 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 it is challenging to see the ROI if you don't fully implement it. Yeah. And I think that again, when it comes to this idea of identity and story and message, Sometimes we don't fully implement it to our own detriment. What I mean by that is you could easily go through this process, Homer, and, and, and as an outcome, say like, wow, like I'm more inspired. My team's more inspired. We kind of use this as like a rallying cry and great. Like, well, let's try to bring it up once in a while in a team meeting. Yeah. Or you can do what we recommend. And, and, by the, and, and we've also learned the hard way that we kind of have to figure out a way to stick around to almost force our clients to implement this if, to as much as we can. Or you can say, well, now that we know what our identity is and now that we know who we are and we know what our message is and we know what makes us unique, what would it look like to become obsessed with this for like 90 days and make sure that it gets implemented everywhere into everything and everyone is saying it all the time? Yeah. Now that's another level of intentionality and commitment though. But if you're willing to do it, it's like, this should make its way into and transform all of the copy and the messaging on your website. It should be infused and actually be the focus of all of your PowerPoint presentations and decks. It should absolutely be the focus of your sales conversation. Not just like hinted at, like, and that's why we have a story-based sales training because again, these are things we've learned over the years, you know, to be able to demonstrate ROI. We've created a story-based sales training for our clients. We now help them get it into all of their copy and their messaging. We help them get it into sales conversations and teach them how to use it. And so there is ways to actually measure like, well, are we having more effective sales conversations, yeah. right? Are we closing a higher percentage of those sales conversations? 
are we generating more leads using this messaging now in our marketing? But again, I don't know why we do this so often, Homer, but a lot of times when it comes to things like messaging and story, we go through the process and then we, we implement it in one area like, oh yeah, okay, our website's updated. And then we question like, are we getting an ROI from this? Right. So, you know, and to me, the difference between inspiration and transformation is implementation. You don't want to have something like this just be inspiring. That's great. But inspiration has a shelf life, like wow. it will expire, right? So in order for it to be transformational, and there's just this level of commitment and tenacity that some business owners just either don't have or aren't willing to like implement around this. But if you take on this mindset of commitment, which our definition of commitment is, there's nothing I won't say, there's nothing I won't do, there's no place I won't go. Yep. So if you say, okay, now that we have this new identity and we have this message and we, and we know what makes us unique, there's nothing I won't say, there's nothing I won't do, there's, nothing, there's no place I won't go to implement this everywhere. And by the way, by implementing it everywhere and saying it, all, everyone's saying it all the time, that is how you create so much momentum around it. And that's how you get everyone bought into it to where you do unlock that level of scale beyond just you. But in my opinion, this really should make its way into everything and into certain like scenarios like sales, right? Presentations, yeah. marketing, where there is a very measurable, like, are we converting better than we were with the previous identity and message that we were using. Yeah. And I think right now, you know, I'm, it's never a bad time to do this, but I just think with where the market is economy, you know, it's challenging out there. Um, there's a huge opportunity as well. When we get into these environments, if that, if you can tell your story, your true story of what you do differently and, and why it matters better than everybody else, um, not only can you survive, but I think, you know, an opportunity to really thrive uh, right now. So, um, I want to tie a bow on this, but I want to shift gears a little bit because I do think this is a really powerful and important message to business owners. But there's another side of what you do that I also want to touch on, at least briefly. I don't want to minimize it. just It's more time constraint. But um, in one of our recent conversations, I also um, discovered that you do work um, with successful families um, as well. And and this is imp really important work to me. So a lot of the, the business owners I work with, they, they work really hard, 30, 40, 50 years, build this valuable company. You know, get to the finish line, sell it, realize all this wealth, um, plan to pass it on to their family. And for a number of reasons, you know, this whole idea of shirt sleeves, the shirt sleeves, the money's gone by the second or third generation. And it's typically not for lack of planning. It's typically, typically a lack of family harmony and communication. And so I know that you also do work in this area. So I just wanted to make sure we touched on that. What, how did you get into that? What, what kind of prompted you to go down that road? I know you've got an interesting um, an important kind of personal story around it. I don't know if yeah. we'll the full deal on that, but, but why is that so important? How does it connect with the work you do on campfire effect and, and why is it so important for successful families and families in general? I mean, successful families to be a successful family, whether it's dollars or just in harmony, why is it so important? Yeah. I mean, the first thing I would say is like, I mean, I, I believe that the way we save the world is through strong families, you know, and there's so much research that backs that up, you know, decades and decades of research that, that shows that the stronger, you know, we are having strong connected families, the better we do as a society. And really the purpose of it, the, that, the business that my wife and I started together is called family brand. So you can, you can see it at familybrand.com, but we've, we've created a, a system to help you become a better parent, a better spouse and build a stronger family. And it was a system that we used ourselves first. And the reason we felt so called Homer to do this, basically we took the campfire effect and we created a version of it for families. And, and we were the first family we took through 
the campfire effect, you know, and then we modified it for families. We called it family brand, but the, 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 the statistics are staggering. Like over 90% of all families who pass along any kind of substantial wealth by the third generation, sometimes even second, over 90% of the time, all the money's gone, the family's torn apart. Um, some recent research came out and said 75 to 80% of all estate plans will eventually fail. So what we've done with as successful wealthy families is we've done a really, we've been very intentional about planning, but what we've been intentional about planning is for financial success. And sometimes not even knowing we've ignored any kind of planning around generational success. Yeah. And if you ask most families like, Hey, what would you, what would be more important to you three generations from now that your family's preserved all the wealth or that your family's successful generationally? Now both would be great. Right. And what's interesting is for a lot of entrepreneurs and successful business owners, the very th principles that they followed and adhered to, to create a really successful sellable business are the exact same principles that allow you to be a really successful intentional family, but it doesn't come as natural to implement them in your home as it does in your business. And so we just created a framework for entrepreneurs to do that. That it would allow them to be as intentional in the building of their family's brand as they've been in building their, you know, company's brand or their business's brand. Right. And again, it's the same thing. It's like, how do we make sure that we're not operating by default as a family, but by design? And it's a really similar structure. We help you uncover your identity as a family. Yeah. really decide who you are and what you want to be known for. We help you create a, you know, family values. And then we help you create a system that allows you to live it and implement it into everything everywhere, just like in your business so that it becomes sustainable. And you create an identity that's bigger than any one member of the family. And it gives you a significantly higher probability of success today and, and you know, success throughout the generations. The research also shows that in all the research that's ever been done around this, you know, 90% of families shirt sleeves and shirt sleeves in three generations, it always comes back to two things, always in all the research. And I've read tons of it, lack of shared values and communication. And so, you know, it's just interesting, myself included, like as a business owner, it, it comes more natural to me to be more intentional in my business than in my family. Yeah. But at the end of the day, at the end of my life, which, which brand will have mattered more, right? Yep. And so we just wanted to create a, and it's been so rewarding and so fulfilling, you know, at, at this point, we've now had dozens and dozens of families go through the program. And, um, you know, I love the difference we make for business owners and I love seeing them have all kinds of financial success and ROI because of our work, but I really love, you know, some of the success stories and, you yeah. know, when I, and I, I, able to make a difference for families. Yeah. And I've seen it in my own family. I've seen it with a lot of the clients we work with and you initially ask them, how's, the relationships and usually it's oh it's all good until something happens and then it, it starts to fall apart that lack of values lack of communication so i think that's extremely important work i wanted to touch on that um, a little bit today so um, before we wrap up um you know, I, I was on a podcast for somebody else's podcast and surprise question they asked kind of a doppelganger question um so i get that a little bit um but for you um it, it's been a kind of a, a conversation in our office as we've been working with you so do you get asked if you have a, uh, are you a doppelganger for a celebrity? <laughs> yeah, it's always embarrassing, but cause I don't like, anyways. Yeah. I, I, well, when I was younger, it was, it was Ben Affleck when that movie Pearl Harbor came out All right. and then lately people say Ryan Reynolds. All right. That was the one everyone pinned on you was Ryan. It's Reynolds. Still so weird saying, cause it's like, I don't think I'm nearly as good as looking as Ryan Reynolds, but that's what, that's what some, you know, I get, I, I get Matt Damon every now and then, um, especially when I, yeah, I can see that when my haircut used to be shorter a bit. So 
Um, but yeah, just, uh, it's, it's true. Our whole office is like, yeah, Ryan Reynolds. Yep. I, t- I tell people, like, I think, uh, it's, uh, I get, I get, uh, people tell me I look like Ryan Reynolds, ugly stepbrother. So that's, <laughs> all right. All right. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to diminish the conversation we've had on how important, uh, the work you, you're doing for business owners and families is, but I thought that was just kind of, I just wanted to make sure we, we touched on that. Yeah, thanks. No, um, it's awesome. But I uh, just really appreciate your time. Um, make sure again, just where can people find you uh, for both the uh, uh, campfire effect and, and for the family, the family branding stuff. Yeah. So if you just go to uh, the campfire effect.com and we have a lot of really, you know, great resources and case studies and testimonials there and, you know, be honored to ever, you know, to talk with any of you um, any, and help you in any way we could. And then familybrand.com is uh, the work we do for family. So yeah. Thank, thanks for having me on Homer. I love, uh, Love the work you do, and I've loved the process we've started with your team. And yeah, thanks for having me on. Let me share a little bit. All right, thanks for being here. And uh, Ryan, I'll throw it back to you to take us out. Alrighty, thank you, gentlemen. Hey, really appreciate the great conversation today, Chris. You got some great work you and your team do over at Campfire Effect, and uh, uh, yeah, excited to you know share this message, share your message, really with a lot of uh, you know Homer and Convergence client base, as well as just the folks at large out there that check out their show. So thank you both for your time. And and of course, we always want to say a, thank, a final thank you, and that's for the audience for jumping aboard and being with us here on the show today. If you did take anything away from today's conversation, you benefited from this powerful idea of story uh, from Chris and Campfire Effect, do us a favor and go ahead and subscribe to the show, whichever platform you check this out on. That way you never miss out on a future conversation between Homer Homer, myself, any one of our future guests that we have on the show. A lot of great value in these conversations. We'd hate to have you miss out on any of those. Before Homer, for Chris, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long. We appreciate you stopping by and being with us on Advance Your Wealth. All opinions expressed by Homer Smith are solely Smith's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Integrated Wealth Concepts, LLC, Integrated, or its parent company or affiliates and may have been previously disseminated by Smith on television, radio, internet, or another medium. We should not treat any opinion expressed by Smith as a specific inducement to make particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. Smith's opinions are based on information he considers reliable, but neither integrated nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. Smith, integrated, its affiliates, and or subsidiaries are not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided. Smith's statements and opinions are subject to change without notice. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Neither Smith nor Integrated guarantees any specific outcome or profit. You should be aware of the real risk of loss in following any strategy or investment discussed by Smith or anyone else. Strategies or investments discussed may fluctuate in price or value. Investors may get back less than invested. Investments or strategies mentioned on this website or in the show may not be suitable for you. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. You must make an independent decision regarding investments or strategies mentioned by Smith. Before acting on information you hear, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and strongly consider seeking advice from your own financial or investment advisor. Investment advice offered through Integrated Financial Partners, a registered investment advisor. Integrated Financial Partners provides investment advisory services through several doing business as names. The information in this material is for general information only and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Integrated Financial Partners does not provide legal, tax, mortgage advice, or services. Chris Smith is a separate entity and not affiliated with Integrated Partners and Convergent Wealth Partners.